Business Matters in association with the Faculty of Business at ATU Donegal. For a career in financial governance, consider the Level 9 MA in Governance and IT in Financial Services. Call 9186206 or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Business Matters on Highland Radio with me, Chris Ashmore. This week I'm looking at the whole area of apprenticeships and what is going on here in Donegal. We're currently seeing considerable investment in apprenticeships with an increasing number of places being made available. And there are also an increasing variety of options with many new initiatives as well as the more traditional trade and craft based apprenticeships. Indeed, these are exciting times in this sector. Well, unlike standard college courses, an apprenticeship allows you to earn money and become qualified while you are learning on the job, opening up exciting and rewarding careers. Well, to find out more, I've been speaking with Vinnie McGrory, Apprenticeship Manager with Donegal ETB, and also Lorraine Murray, Senior Apprenticeship Training Advisor. I began by asking Vinny to explain to me what exactly an apprenticeship is. Thank you, Chris. Uh, apprenticeships, I think they've been around for, for quite some time. The, the earliest one I can find is 200 BC in China. So uh, they've been evolving uh, a lot over the years. In, in its simplest terms, an apprenticeship is a structured education and training program which combines and alternates learning in the workplace with learning in a training and education centre. That's in the simplest terms. So something like an electrical apprenticeship, which most people know, would be a combination of working with your employer, coming into a training centre, like an ETB training centre, learning the theory and the practical, going back out to your employer, and then alternating between your employer and either an ETB or a TU Um, to do the theory side of things. And at the end of that apprenticeship, uh, you have the capacity, the skills, the knowledge to work autonomously in your chosen trade so that you can set up your own or you can work with a company. But after the four years you have completed, you are a qualified craftsperson in that craft. When we talk about apprenticeships, people will often think of the traditional apprenticeships, uh, electrical, welding, plumbing um, but we live in an era at the moment that we're going to hear an awful lot more about apprenticeships and uh, I know the Minister for Further and Higher Education Simon Harris has spoken about a system and culture change and you can see that and that is happening here in Donegal because it's expanding considerably. It is indeed, and uh, maybe just a bit of context on that. In 2013, the the government decided to review apprenticeship in Ireland, and as a consequence, they opened uh, the door for new apprenticeships to be developed from 2016 onwards. Uh, And so we have what we have, 25 of the pre-16, or craft apprenticeships as we would know them. We have approximately 50 new apprenticeships across various uh, disciplines, and and Lorraine probably talk more about that. So it is a real growth area. And the other big difference between the craft and the new apprenticeships is the craft apprenticeships are QQI level 6, which is... If you think about it, the leave insert is level five, degrees are level seven, so it's in between the two. The new apprenticeships can go from level five up to level ten, which is PhD level, 
in apprenticeships. So there are, it's quite a new development uh, and it's an area that's growing considerably year on year, while at the same time the craft apprenticeship still amounts to approximately 75% of the national registrations and apprenticeship are still in the craft areas, which shows that the demand for that is significant. Now, can you tell me what is the Donegal Education and Training Board's role in apprenticeship here in Donegal? The first legislation surrounding apprenticeship in Ireland that I could find was 1898, and I'm happy to say I wasn't here when it was enacted, but um, it feels like it sometimes. Um, And since then, we've had the 1967 Industrial Training Act, uh, which basically gives statutory responsibility for all apprenticeship in Ireland, rests with solace. And we in Donegal EDB work in partnership with Solace in administering the apprenticeship in the county of Donegal. And when I say administration, it's not just paperwork that we're involved in. So all apprentices who are registered in Donegal as apprentices are registered through our team here. All employers who take on apprentices have to be approved by the team here. And while an apprentice is on his four-year journey or whatever length of time it takes, uh, we have a team here who support them throughout those four years. So we have two senior trained advisors in the team, and their job currently is to look after 520-odd apprentices in the county, while at the same time providing support to 220 employers also in the county. So all of that is the responsibility of Donegal ETB. Uh, And it's something that stretches as well, but it's something that works really well. And to acknowledge the team that we have here, they work around the clock at it, and they're really passionate about the apprenticeship. So that's a key part of what we do in Donegal ETB. Another just or equally important part is we provide the actual training in six of the apprenticeships. Uh, We provide training in electrical, electronic security, motor, plumbing, carpentry and joinery and we're launching a new one in Gidor next month in metal fabrication. And what that means is when they're doing their off-the-job training, the actual practical training, we're doing it in both of our training centres, both here in Letterkenny and in Gidor. And what's also refreshing is that ATU have recently rejoined the apprenticeship training side of things. So post-COVID there would have been no provision for apprenticeship in the LYIT but in conjunction we got together with them and we launched a project to get it to reintroduce it back into the the LYIT which is now ATU and currently now they are training phase four and phase six in electrical in the Letterkenny campus. They also have plans to launch in September phases four and six electrical in Killybegs which will make a big difference to Killybegs and they're also looking at Later this year, early next year, taking on metal fabrication and refrigeration training in in Letterkenny. So this is a huge growth in in practical training for apprenticeship within the county. And I have to acknowledge the work of Gertie Taggart and uh, Thomas Dowling in the ATU who have been passionate about driving apprenticeship within the third level in Donegal. And what it means for some, not all, but some apprentices can now complete their levels, phase two, four and six, off the job in the county of Donegal, uh, which is something we couldn't do before. Not all can do it, but some will be fit to do that, which means it makes it more attractive for apprentices going into a trade in Donegal. 
Also, I, I would like to acknowledge um, the growth in, in numbers being trained in Donegal. So um, I was just checking pre or pre COVID, we trained approximately 188 apprentices across our two training centres. Um, this year, in conjunction with our colleagues in ATU, we're proposing to train 731 apprentices in County Donegal. And, and that's going to be a huge uh, significance to the county. It's going to bring a lot of people from down the country up to Donegal to be trained here, and it will make it'll help with the economy, but it's also uh, helping with the image of apprenticeship in the county. So our budget Last year was approximately 4.2 million for apprenticeship. This year we're uh, bidding for 7.1 million, which we were, were hopeful we're going to get. So it shows that the, the government centrally are really investing in apprenticeship in Donegal. I think a key point to be made here is that apprenticeship is led by employers. It's really important that people are clear on that. So we can train apprentices and we're increasing our capacity to do that. But unless employers employ them in the first place, they can't become an apprentice. So apprenticeship is very much employer-driven and it's important. And we have to acknowledge the employers in Donegal who have been super throughout the years in taking on apprentices and providing them with the training and the 200 plus that we have. We have to acknowledge the work that they do. But if apprenticeship is going to grow in Donegal itself, then we need more employers to take on apprentices. Now, join me, Lorraine Murray, Senior Apprenticeship Training Advisor. Uh, Lorraine, can you tell us what apprenticeships are currently available here in Donegal? Well, I I suppose uh, Chris Vinnie has already alluded to the the fact that there's um, the traditional craft areas, and while the training takes place for for some of those crafts, and five or six mentioned within Donegal ETB, part of the role of uh, the Senior Training Advisors and Uh, Donegal ETB uh, with the support of Solace is to also uh, promote and register and approve employers in all the other um, apprenticeships that are coming on stream. There's 25 craft apprenticeships that are there and just because the the delivery of training um, takes place for some of them in the county, um, all the other apprenticeships are also available to employers and prospective apprentices to join in. So it's like you know if you were attending college you would go away for some part of your training not all training takes place in this county for all of the apprenticeships. So since 2016, apprenticeships have expanded from those traditional crafts to a wide variety of sectors, and it's moved into areas like retail, finance, ICT, property services, engineering, logistics, hospitality, just to name a few. And it's continually expanding. Um, We have 73 apprenticeships at the moment, and 48 of them are in the new apprenticeship program area. The range of qualifications in the model is slightly different uh, for those new apprenticeships. While some of them, uh, I suppose, are, d- are delivered in different ways. I mean, it could be one-day block release. I mean, we mentioned phases earlier with the craft, so it's it's four years, uh, a level six award, on and off the job, um, and phases one to seven, and it alternates. For others, like the insurance practitioner uh, apprenticeship, for example, which is a new one, uh, it's a level eight degree. It's a combination um, of a law degree and a business degree and the central bank exams. So anybody wanting to partake in that particular apprenticeship could be based in an office in Dunlow, and four days a week they're actually working and learning uh, on the job, the actual 
um, occupation itself and how to perform in that sector in, in their respective roles with the employer. And one day a week they log on to live stream lectures delivered through ATU Sligo campus. So that particular degree is available for somebody in employment uh, in the county without having to relocate. So the model is very different when it comes to each of the new apprenticeships and it's just important to be aware of that. I suppose for anybody thinking about apprenticeships and looking at what the options are, there's 73 options across the board at the minute and continually growing. Um, there's, for, there's six areas that, you know, that are going to be expanded into uh, and that are in development, a couple of those being firefighting and paramedics, which is very, you know, very interesting in areas where people wouldn't necessarily think that the apprenticeship model of training um, operates in. And so, so the new spaces, it's, it's incredible, great opportunities for young people and important that they would research the options that are out there. Employers know that the model works. It was proven for the crafts. Uh, their employers are interested in being involved in the development of, of the curriculum uh, and supporting that model and being fully involved in the training of their employees. While crafts do take up the biggest bulk of the apprenticeships in the county, uh, we, we also have new employers coming um, on board all the time in the new areas, especially in, in hospitality and, and the retail space as well, where you have like a level six apprenticeship and the opportunities there to move into a degree programme. The levels range uh, now from level five right up to level ten. I mean, you're talking about your honours degree, um, your master's and your PhD. Not all of those are accessible to school leavers, but some of them some of them are. The civil engineering, for example, that's a new one that was launched last year. Uh, the manufacturing engineering degree as well. I suppose I'd say research the options in terms of what's available because there are just too many to mention. To get a better insight into some of the apprentice training in the Donegal ETB's Ballyrain premises in Letterkenny, Vinnie and Lorraine brought me around on a brief tour. So Vinnie, we're, we're going around uh, the premises here out in Ballyrain and looking at a number of the workshops. Yeah, a number of, of the live workshops are just below it. would be the electrical workshop. So they come in here for about 20 weeks for each phase and they come from all over the, the country up to Donegal and we would train them here in their phase two and then after that they would move back to their employers to the phase three. And typically how many people would be here at a time? Well we have 14 per class and they have in around 100 on campus at any stage and also in the Guido the training centre we have approximately 64 currently so across various apprenticeships. So now we're moving on to uh, carpentry and joinery and it's, it's quite a big area, obviously you need quite a bit of space. Yeah, a lot of space and a lot of investment in the area. So this is the workshop out the front and then in behind is the machine shop. So all of the equipment used in carpentry and joinery is based in there and it's, it's quite a significant investment. And in terms of personnel, how many people are employed in doing instructing? Well, instructing, we have about 15 across this centre and the Guidoor Training Centre currently. We have a staff in the centre of about 50-odd here and about 20 in Guidoor Training Centre. And we have here a, a new electrical workshop, yeah. uh, and just looking at it, it's very new. Yeah, it, it, it's recently developed. Uh, this is an investment by Solace and creating greater capacity for training electrical apprentices in Donegal. So that's due to open in about a fortnight's time. Uh, and the class will be sent to us by Solace and it'll be up and running before the month. So. 
We then moved into the Motor Mechanic Workshop, where I spoke with Dunfanhy man Cornelius Sweeney, who's been delivering Phase 2 of the Motor Mechanic Apprenticeship since 2013. Yeah, so the apprenticeship as a whole is over four years. We deliver Phase 2 of the apprenticeship, which is around 20 weeks. Um, as you can see, there is plenty of equipment here. Uh, we're constantly investing in the latest equipment. We've recently invested a lot in electric and hybrid vehicle because we see, obviously, in the, the automotive industry, that's where things are going. And how many people would be here at any given time? Yeah, so our full class would be around 12 students, and they travel from all over Ireland to, uh, to train here. Obviously, it's a course that's evolving massively. Um, we're moving towards hybrid electrification, so it's something we've had to evolve a lot with. Mm. So if I had come in here five years ago, it would have been quite different. Yeah, there would have been no chat about uh, high-voltage batteries or hybrid systems. And with electric cars becoming more and more popular and hybrids, you know, that trend is going to continue. Uh, yeah, it's, it's only going one way. So there's there's plans with the government, obviously, to, to push it that way, and that's we must uh, accept that and adapt to it and improve the training and um, move it that way. Cornelius, we're looking here at a, a Ford Fiesta engine, but it's... Uh, a special engine insofar as it's here on a stand. It's being customized so people training will be able to get a, a really good hands-on training for, for dealing with it. So just explain a little bit what we're looking at. So we're looking at a, a one-liter EcoBoost out of a Ford Fiesta. As you said, it's mounted on a stand. It's really easy to access all the different components of the engine for the students. Um, there's fault insertion, so as, a, as an instructor we can insert a fault into the engine rig and there's diagnostics available then for the student to be able to plug into the rig, pull down a fault code and then using obviously multimeters, oscilloscopes, they can diagnose the fault and tell us what, what the issue is. And you're working very closely with the ATU in Letterkenny? Yes, so we work closely with ATU to deliver a Level 7 um, part-time course in EV and hybrid. Um, they're coming into our centre. Um, they do their practical days on the Saturday. So we will be taking learners from all over Ireland once again to do practical sessions on high-voltage components and electric vehicles. Next up was a look at the plumbing workshops. Vinnie McGrory outlined how they responded to the backlog created by covid Post-COVID, we would have run about two plumbing courses per, per term, but because there was, after COVID, there was a backlog nationally, and we were asked to up the number of people that we could train. So Seamus, uh, Seamus Wilkinson here and Seamus Ward, the two plumbing instructors, increased the capacity from 14 to 21 students per class, and this is part of the workshop. So instead of producing 28 plumbers a year, we brought it up to 63 plumbers a year. So nationally, we were piloted that, we led out on that, uh, and is continuing to this day, and it's working really, really well. And we can hear from Seamus Wilkinson, plumbing instructor. So we're, we're in a sector, shortage of houses, a lot of building work to be done. There's big, big demand. There's massive demand, demand right, plus all trades, I, and there's a bit of backlog here at the moment, but no, it's all, all going good and trying to get what's possible done. Like. So tell us a little bit about, the, this is laid out with different cubicles, so we're seeing everything from uh, toilets to sinks to baths to immersion tanks. Uh, this is the, the first part of the practical, so this is the domestic side of it, where it's all copper, your domestic bathrooms, and the next phase ends, uh, the P2 is called, so that's the, the, the kind of industrial side of it, your GB and boilers, heating systems. 
So it's just two, and broken on two phases, like, four 16 weeks. I also spoke with Seamus Ward, senior plumbing instructor, and he explained how during COVID and post-COVID they had to adapt to the particular circumstances. Well, uh, for the start, once we got a, a bit of freedom again, we, we uh, continued taking in the 14 in. We got a second instructor and we broke them into parts of seven, which meant that the lads got through their phase two at the same amount of time. Now, obviously, with the shutdown, there was one class that was interrupted, but as soon as we got up and running again, we were fit to keep, keep the, the courses going through at the same amount of time because uh, we, we had the second instructor and, and, and two separate pods. Because obviously if you had stopped completely, then there would have been a, a backlog. Uh, a, a serious backlog. And uh, again, if there wasn't something like that done, like it was going to take a lot longer to qualify. So I mean, uh, so we had to sort of keep things going. And uh, by doing that, it means that you still can come in, start your trade and finish your trade in the allocated time of four years. Whereas if, 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 we, if we didn't adapt... It been meant that it could be five, six years before you get your qualification, so it wasn't really practical. We've now walked into the welding workshop, and Benny, you have big plans. Yeah, um, our, our welding workshop is probably the busiest workshop, or one of the busiest we have in the training centre. Uh, the demand is huge, and we're currently looking, or in discussion with Solace, about developing a national apprenticeship in welding. Uh, we're, we're hopeful that within the next three or four months we'll get the go-ahead to start that and within the next couple of years we'll have it up and running and it'll be run on a national basis but it'll be coordinated by Donegal Education and Training Board. The workshop here is probably one of the top welding workshops in the country um, and in fairness to Solace, the, uh, the funding body, they have supported us over the years that have allowed us to build it up to the state that we have it in and you look there, there's a robotic welder it was installed last year, um, which is the latest technology. We have pipe welding, we have all sorts, and all of the equipment is fairly new and, and is continuously updated with the support of SOS. My final port of call was the electrical workshop, and here I spoke with Kevin Harley, electrical instructor. It's a four-year apprenticeship. They're basically, the four years are split into seven phases. Phase one is what the employer. So the, the big one for apprentices is for to get an employer to take them on. Uh, once the employer does engage them, they come into the train centre here then at phase two. There's a waiting list at the minute, but they should be in within about 12 months. They're in with us in the train centre for 20 weeks. We will give them a bit of variety on domestic wiring, on industrial and on maintenance motor control. They uh, go back to their employer again for phase three. So they're with the employer in the odd numbers, phase one, three, five, and seven, and they're off the job in phase two, four, and six. Four, phase four and six is in the as in the TUs, basically, to catch up on that. So they get a wide variety. They can come out from a different uh, with a different skill set to others, depending, as I say, if it's domestic, they'll be advanced on electrical on the on the domestic scene, or they could be dealing with industrial. Uh, as well like so you have a, a variety that way join us again after the break business matters with the faculty of business at atu donegal if you're looking for a career in financial governance consider the level 9 ma in governance and it and financial services take the next step in your career by contacting the exec ed coordinator on 9186206 or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie today Welcome back. This is Business Matters on Highland Radio with Chris Ashmore.
This week I'm looking at the topic of apprenticeships with Vinnie McGrory, Apprenticeship Manager with Donegal ETB, and Lorraine Murray, Senior Apprenticeship Training Advisor with Donegal ETB. Lorraine, how can somebody become an apprentice? The main thing about apprenticeship is um, we mentioned the research and, and finding out what you're interested in, but as Vinnie mentioned, it's employer-driven. So you have to find an employer to take you on as an apprentice. And that is the hardest, I suppose, challenge uh, for young people or for job changers. But um, it would be important to look at apprenticeship.ie and, and the web, at the website um, and to do your research. Check out the eligibility criteria at the, on the various programmes and see what's involved in the curriculum and the course content. Find what it is that you're passionate about and see if there's an apprenticeship there that meets your interests um, and your skill set. Try to speak to someone as well who, who knows um, and works in the areas that you're interested in and they'll be able to give you first-hand information about what it's like. Find that approved employer. Uh, not every employer out there can take on an apprenticeship, so you have to f- find an approved employer. And as Winnie says, that's part of our role. I approve employers across the county in all the various occupations and sectors. And there are various things um, you know, that, and criteria that employers have to meet. A company must be able to provide the range of work to cover the requirements of the curriculum. They have to have qualified people on site to be mentors and supervise the apprentice through their journey and they must be able to offer full-time employment to an apprentice as well and agree to the code of practice, you know, to agree to release their apprenticeship to their off-the-job elements of that training, whether it's a one-day release block or a block release of 20 weeks. Apprentices are paid throughout their journey, whether it's by the state or through their employer. Lorraine, how can someone interested in apprenticeship, how do they go about actually finding an employer? Um, Chris, I, I suppose a lot of employers, um, they still recruit uh, through, through word of mouth, family members, friends in the local community when it's the craft apprenticeship. That would traditionally have been the norm. Um, but increasingly online search engines, companies' websites, Facebook, um, also, there's a dedicated jobs portal, which is important to mention on the National Apprenticeship uh, website. So that's the apprenticeship.ie website. That's where approved employers can advertise um, if they wish, if they have opportunities and, and wish to recruit. Now, I have to say, still a lot of my employers locally don't use that option, but it is free. It's a free advertising service for them, and hopefully more and more of them will choose that route um, so that uh, those opportunities are visible to students um, and prospective apprentices that want to engage. It would be important, I suppose, for, as well, someone that's interested to look for work experience in an area, to you know, dip their toe in the water, um, and to contact, for, for the new apprenticeships, it's important to contract, contact the industry leads on those. They have, some of those have expression of interest portals, and they do kind of like a match-up and, and pre-approval, um, I, I suppose, um, facility within their websites. Talking to career, career uh, teachers as well um, at school, we often direct employers to career teachers. We're in the schools all the time, and and, and particularly um, the craft apprenticeships that are more known. Anybody that's identifying, usually from a young age, they do, they do know that that might be in the family or whatever, and, and they kind of identify early on but in that leave and search cycle that that's the area they want to progress. So... Um, so teachers normally, you know, know who, who's interested in that path and, and can help employers with prospective uh, apprentices. 
Obviously, there's ourselves here in, in the apprenticeship team in Donegal ETB. I mean, you can contact us as well. We have local knowledge. Uh, while we're not under GDPR, we're not allowed to give out um, you know, information on specific employers. But there are some employers that we know are actively recruiting, and they would give us their details uh, that, that we can give out you know, from time to time. So to contact us as well. SAWS have acknowledged that there is a difficulty, a challenge, um, a gap, so to speak, between... Um, employers that are out there looking to recruit and, and young people that are looking for opportunities. Um, and whereas if you were looking to progress down a CAO route, you know, you fill in your application form and you, know, you rock up to college in September if you get enough points and you, t and you start your journey for the apprenticeship, uh, it's completely different. You have to find that employer. And that is, um, you know, when you're a young person, that's daunting. Uh, puts you out of your comfort zone. It's not the easiest option. And I think that's something to acknowledge as well here. Uh, young people have to have good communication skills. And, and post-COVID, that has been a challenge as well, you know. Um, so... Practicing, you know, having your information ready, your CV uh, and, and that type of, of a thing to, to be able to promote yourself um, and going out there. But Solace have acknowledged that there is a gap and, and there's potential there to put a, in place uh, maybe a portal uh, where prospective uh, apprentices can log an expression of interest, so to speak. And that's something they're looking to, to develop in the coming year. And then employers that are approved will have access to that. And that's the hope, um, that they'll have access to that information, those expression of interest, and be able to do a kind of a match-up scenario. At the minute, the portal is there that has the job opportunities employers choose to look at it and, and to put up their vacancies, and it can be um, filtered by county to see the vacancies. So making direct, and, I suppose, contact with employers in the absence of all of that, it is about preparing yourself for a job interview as such, um, having your CV prepared, doing your research, uh, you know, if uh, it's a young person and they're part of a team, they're involved in sports of any kind, that they do volunteer work, all those normal things that you'd want to flag on a CV for an employer, that's important when you're looking um, to promote and try and secure, promote yourself and try and secure an apprenticeship. Employers love to see somebody coming, um, you know, even if they're shy and nervous, all of the employers were there at one point themselves. They're very welcoming and open to young people coming forward. So I think it's important for young people to know that and, and not to be, um, I suppose, afraid of that challenge. It's really important as well uh, to state that uh, prospective employers want to see the apprentice, you know, the actual applicant themselves coming forward and not necessarily a parent. They like to see, I suppose, uh, the person making the approach themselves. And, and by that, if, if an employer is going to invest in you for two years or four years and take you through that apprenticeship process and employ you, they want to see you be able to, you know, step up and put yourself out of your comfort zone, come forward and make sure people, you know, that make sure that you're well presented when you're doing that and, and also look at your social media presence and, and make sure that uh, it's fit for purpose. There can be a lot of competition for apprenticeships, so it's important that you're well prepared when meeting employers. Uh, again, the communication skills, a willingness to learn um, is very important. If you have uh, prior experience, uh, part-time jobs, anything like that that demonstrates that you're reliable, conscientious, you have good timekeeping, um, team player. Employers like to see all of that. So, I mean, uh, and an, an apprentice employer is no different from any other employer. So the basic rules apply. Um, but it is really exciting opportunity. Once, once uh, I, I suppose, an apprentice uh, secures that opportunity, um, the world's their oyster. And following on from that, what are the actual benefits to employers 
if they take on an apprentice? The labour market at the minute is currently quite competitive. Those employers that take on apprentices are, are increasing their attractiveness to potential uh, employees. You know, it incentivizes recruitment, it helps with their recruitment. When an employer is seen to be one that's interested in training and promoting training within their organisation and recruiting apprentices and putting in that investment to their employees, that's a positive. It helps with the retention of staff and it builds a loyalty. Employers are directly involved in the training so they have the ability to shape and grow um, their employees. So while they're following a structured training uh, model um, that has a national qualification at the end of it, they also have that um, ability to influence that apprenticeship in their development and growth within the company. Um, craft apprentices, they're paid by the state when they're attending the off-the-job training and then there's the Apprenticeship Employer Grant which um, provides financial support from the state to apprentice employers who are employing apprentices on the, the new uh, post-2016 apprenticeship. There's also bursaries for, uh, like there's a gender bursary there um, at the moment for employers. Also, Uteris would, would have grants available for the craft apprenticeships and others as well. Well, Lorraine, uh, what are the benefits to those seeking to become an apprentice? So, Chris, in terms of the apprenticeship model, I mean, it's an earn and learn model of training and you have to find an employer to take you on. So you're, uh, for all essential purposes, you're an employee for the duration of your apprenticeship. Um, you're earning and learning. You have no student debt at the end of it. You have the entitlement of an employee as well. So while you're working, you're entitled to your holidays and you know, your leave uh, as any other employee would be. You're building up your skills. When, a, when an apprentice qualifies, they're already performing and contributing to business, um, they're com you know, to the company, to the wider economy in general. And in some cases, lots of apprentices are promoted before they even qualify out. You know, I had some there in the, the retail supervision apprenticeship recently, which they were managers before they finished the qualification, manage, managing the local store that they were working in. Others progressed um, then straight on to, to an agree, degree programme as well. So in terms of progression, um, there's the upskilling opportunities within companies. For me, there's great personal satisfaction when you see an apprentice that has come through that journey and then they set up their own business and then they're involved in the cycle again in training more apprentices and become an approved employer. So there's loads of opportunities, both upskilling within companies, progression uh, within their occupations. Uh, certification qualifications are nationally and internationally recognised. So if somebody is interested in one of the apprenticeships, just how do they go about uh, finding out more information? What's their first step? So anybody finding, uh, want to find out more about the apprenticeship, obviously the team is available here in Donegal ETB. Um, you can find our information on the Donegal ETB website. Um, also there's a, the National Apprenticeship website, uh, apprenticeship.ie, uh, where all the information on all the national apprenticeships uh, programmes is available. Also, you have, I suppose, uh, a selection of, we like to do um, editorials and um, personal stories, success stories of, of, of apprenticeship, uh, apprentices that have come through the apprenticeship program, and they'd be available, a selection of those are up on the Donegal ETB website, um, apprenticeship pages as well, and they're always interesting. We have our, our FET Fair that's taken place uh, in February, 28th and 29th of February, so uh, there'll be a panel there, discussion um, on the evening, uh, on Wednesday night from 7 to 9, 
one of those panel discussions will be on apprenticeship and, and anybody that's interested, whether school leavers or parents, more than welcome to come along and, and even you know employees that may not be able to make the Fed Fair the following day because of work commitments or whatever. So that, you know, the, the, the team will be there, um, some of the instructors as well that are involved in the crafts. Uh, and it, it's it'll be a great information session, uh, also a, a chance to meet the team and ask any questions. And we're always available here in, in the office as well um, to take any calls and queries. We'll be out in the schools quite regular. Um, you know, we also bring schools into the training centre so uh, that anybody that's interested in apprenticeship that are going through their leave and start cycle, we have a day here which which is really positive. Um, it, we, we do this this last number of years as well, where if, you know if you're interested in apprenticeship and you flag it to your career guidance teacher, um, and that you know, they organise to come in uh, to the training centre, we give them presentations and input. They meet the team and they do a tour of the training centre. So the information, I mean, the apprenticeship.ie website is really useful. Um, Donegal ATV uh, website has all of our information on it if anybody's interested, both an employer and apprentices, uh, parents, you know, guidance, teachers, more than welcome to contact us. And also just to mention that the uh, further education and training fair in the Radisson Blue Hotel, as well as the Wednesday evening, uh, you're there on the Thursday morning as well. Yeah, yeah, from 10 o'clock, 10 a.m. in the morning to 2 p.m. Um, and that's for anybody looking to get information on education and training opportunities. Vinny, just want to ask you a, a couple of other things. Um, the interaction with industry, the ATU, this is all part of the process of engagement and that helps you to develop uh, courses that there will be a demand for. Yeah, uh, not only are we responsible for apprenticeship, we also have an enterprise engagement team who specifically deal with local enterprise, local industry, and in response to their needs, we develop a lot of new programs uh, specifically to address those needs, which allows local industry to increase productivity by providing them with certified training in the areas that they feel will make them more competitive. So we started that about... I would say about four years ago, uh, and now it's growing year on year, the amount of training we're doing for industry, for multinational companies, for small to medium-sized enterprises across the spectrum. And just to give people a, a perspective of the investment and the value to the local economy, the Donegal ETB, uh, tell us a little bit about the amount of funding per year. Obviously, it costs uh, quite a bit of money to, to run the, the centres, and it's a significant investment in the future of Donegal. We're directly involved in the further education and training side of the ETB and, and our annual budget was a number of years ago would have been in around 20 million. Last year it went up to 28 million and we're hoping this year to get um, north of 30 million, which is an annual investment by by central government in further education and training in Donegal, which is, will benefit not only the people of Donegal, but also the economy of Donegal. So uh, we're quite excited about that, and we're hoping to grow that year on year. Currently, apprenticeship is very much the focus, but that may change in the years to come to other areas. But at least we, we feel strongly that the support we're provided by Solace centrally allows us to look around Donegal and say where do we need to be focusing and what areas do we need to provide training in. In years past, a lot of school leavers was very much a, a concentration on, on third level and what people were going to do. And we're seeing a trend now that more and more people are looking at apprenticeships and it looks as if that's the way things are going. Yeah, and I, I guess we have to acknowledge the work of DeFerris, the department, and in particular the, the minister, Simon Harris, who has made... 
has brought apprenticeship to the center of the discussion. Uh, we've always seen the value of apprenticeship, and there has been a degree, as the minister himself said, a degree of snobbery around apprenticeship. From our perspective, apprenticeship is not uh, a road less traveled or is a lesser way of achieving what you set out to achieve. We see it as equally important as those as, as third level. We see it as has great value for those that complete the journey of four years. And when you think about it, uh, people, particularly in the craft apprenticeship, at 16 and 17, they're making career decisions, really mature career decisions. And, and when they graduate the other side, you can see the growth in them as people. And I have to acknowledge that I, I really admire the, their, their fortitude and their courage in, in taking this route because they know that's what they want to do. And we, uh, as a society, need to learn how to facilitate them in making those decisions because it's equally important. Um, having a four-year apprenticeship behind you and having qualified that is of equal value, in my view, to any other opportunity out there. And they're set up for life then, and they're set up with a skill that is, can be applied not only locally, regionally, nationally, but internationally. So, I mean, what's not to like about that? Our job is to get the message out there that this is real value, and Donegal ETB are in a key position to, to help people on that journey. And just to add on there to what, what Vinnie has said about the craft apprenticeships, obviously we know that all of the apprenticeships now are encompassing a wide variety of levels to degree and, 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 and beyond. But even for those that are doing the craft apprenticeships, the phases four and six of those apprenticeships take place in um, a third level institution. So they are getting that college experience as well. Um, and I think that's something that, that may be overlooked at times. Uh, but apprentices that do the craft, whether it's electrical, plumbing, um, carpentry and joinery, they do spend um, you know, two of their blocks out of the th their three blocks away from their employers, two of those are in a third level institution. And it's important to be mindful of that um, as well. We've mentioned some of the apprenticeships that have come on stream relatively recently and, and one area that people may not think of, but uh, there is an apprenticeship uh, available for the whole area of financial services. It's one that I found particularly interesting. So the financial services apprenticeship can go up as far as level nine, which is a master's. Uh, and if you do it through the apprenticeship model, it means you're not paying fees and you know, have no debt. You will be paid as you do it. Uh, I expected that uh, apprenticeship to sell really well, but it hasn't to date. But I think that's because the message hasn't got out that you, we need to be really clear that you can actually achieve a master's in financial services via an apprenticeship. All you need is an employer and it is, it is a very attractive proposition as opposed to going to college and spending whatever you need to spend. So. Not unrelated farming, retail, hospitality, it's a growing list. It's growing and it's only going to grow more because as more and more uh, employer groups uh, become aware of the, of, the, of the capacity to take on apprenticeships. It's an attractive because if you think about it, for an employer, they get to view their employee while they are learning and while they are qualifying. So it's probably a long interview as opposed to so they, they and as Lorraine always already said they get to shape them in the in the ethos of their organization while they're learning and they get a highly skilled person at the end of it and they also get a relationship with their employee 
which will mostly allow them to stay on within the organization and grow within the organization. So there's a lot of positives there. Um, it'll be interesting to see how many new apprenticeships come over the years, um, but it's a really exciting time for apprenticeship in Ireland. Well, that's it for this week's episode. My thanks to Vinnie McGrory, Apprenticeship Manager with Donegal ETB, and Lorraine Murray, Senior Apprenticeship Training Advisor with Donegal ETB. Business Matters, in association with the Faculty of Business at ATU Donegal. For a career in financial governance, consider the Level 9 MA in Governance and IT in Financial Services. Call 9186206 or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie today.